The Art of Engineering. Engineers talking about their process, principles, and personal stories. Presented by Custom Powder Systems, the containment company. On today's show... It is completely okay to not be absolutely set on what you want to do. From my experience, no one's ever said that, no, you absolutely can't do that. You know, most of the time people are going to listen to you if you say that you're interested in something. Now from the Custom Powder Systems Headquarters, your host, Denise McIntosh. Well, welcome to this podcast of the Art of Engineering. This is Denise McIntosh with Custom Powder Systems. And today, I am delighted to have Caroline Hand, who is a production engineer in the healthcare and nutrition and care division of Evonik Corporation at the Birmingham Laboratories in Birmingham, Alabama. And Caroline, uh, welcome. And and tell us about, I'm always curious, for young people in, in this industry, how you found this industry, what was your interest in chemical engineering, which makes my head hurt thinking about it. <laughs> but how how did you decide on chemical engineering? So actually, that kind of goes back to high school. So when I've always been very indecisive, I'm still kind of am. But when I was trying to decide what major I wanted to go into in college, I was I really had no idea. I knew that I loved math and science, um, very strong in both of those fields. I knew that I wanted to do something, but I didn't really know exactly what that something would be. And it was actually kind of funny. So one day, one of my favorite teachers, he brought up an engineering expo that one of our local colleges was having. Um, To me, as a high school student, that just sounded like a great way to just go... um, Kind of get to of school and um, <laughs> hang out with your friends and you know my favorite teacher like it just I was really have too many expectations when I was going there. Um, at that point, I didn't really know what engineering was. Um, when I thought of engineering, it was mostly someone with maybe plans in their hand, um, usually um, a male, a field, maybe something in construction. But when I went into that expo, it just it was like a kid in a candy shop feeling almost. Um, it was incredible. I had no idea what all you could do with engineering. Um, they had expos um, showing that you could create toys and you know medicine and just everything that my mind just couldn't wrap its head around. And that's just sparked my interest. And after I saw that, I was set on engineering. Um, and then chemical engineering just kind of came, it fell into place. I loved chemistry. That was probably my favorite science at the time and um, chose that, stuck with it, love it. Very happy I stayed with it. So was your choice of the University of Alabama an automatic one from family or, or because of chemical industry in, uh, chemical engineering? Uh, not really, actually. So my mom works in colleges and she's actually the one who brought up Alabama. I It was not completely off my radar. I hadn't thought about it at all. Um, I was very focused on just rankings in high school. I just, I really wanted to go to top school. Um, so I, I ended up going to some of those top schools, but it during um, different college visits and it was just, it was odd experience. Um, so some of them, it was. I went to one at which point I'd already been accepted, and it was probably maybe a hundred students there. And this may be an exaggeration, just um, based off my memory. But I was maybe one of three women, and it was just very odd feeling. It was. Um, I felt very 
not called out in a bad way, but they were just very, I could tell that they were looking for women um, to go there. And Alabama, it was an interesting experience for me. There was actually a lot more women in engineering um, that I noticed at other schools. It was um, just very exciting. They're very focused on building their program right now. So when I went there, I loved the campus. The program um, was very impressive when I went to go check it out. And um, at the end of the day, that just felt like the right place. That is that is such a such a big part of knowing you're in the right places when it feels right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Can't agree more. <laughs> Tell me about then. How did you come about the opportunity to join Evonik? It's kind of funny. So I never really um, had planned on going to Alabama, but I ended up wanting to stay in Alabama too. Um, I was looking at different careers in Birmingham, uh, that area. So. Um, Ivonic just came up. I ended up getting an interview, and um, I guess it's, it's similar to the college experience. Um, I was interviewed by um, what ended up being two of my supervisors for a long time, and um, we just clicked. It was a very comfortable interview. I was very exciting. I honestly didn't know too much about exactly what pharma did and how um, engineers were involved in that, um, but when just during that interview it was it just it really felt like home it just it was very supportive environment very um, open to any kind of experiences so what did you start there doing because i think i noticed on linkedin that you actually started as an operator i did yes yeah, so i actually started as an operator um I got a really interesting experience. So it was actually myself and one of my good friends, Amanda, who um, was also an operator at the time, but we both have engineering backgrounds. We were placed on this um, this project, which is actually the, um, ends up being the production line that you built the lift for. So we were placed on this production line and it was in the stage of qualification, so there's lots of troubleshooting involved. It was very, very hands-on. Um, you know, it, we had the operator role, but really wasn't operations most of the time. Um, we're heavily involved in the qualification of all the equipment, deciding um, what needed to be done, the troubleshooting that had to um, be completed, and how we were actually going to make this line work and have it get be ready for commercial production, which at this point we are ready for, which is very okay. exciting to see it come full circle. So just just curiosity, and I, and I don't want you to uh, reveal anything that's, that's secret or, or uh, <laughs> confidential, but what will that line um, manufacture? So this line, um, so I guess a little bit of background, uh, Vonick Birmingham is a CDMO. We work as a contractor. Um, this line is made to be very highly adaptable. So the main um, draw to it is we can configure it to multiple different setups. So uh, I can't really give you an exact answer because the answer really is limitless. So we can keep modifying it. I really would like from here for you to describe how we got involved and and maybe what the process was of even recognizing that you needed something and then go from there. Absolutely. So as I mentioned before, um, we finally came full circle. We have this production line fully qualified and we actually, um, the first customer that we have signed to go 
onto this line and get filled, um, they use a very large vessel, which um, the production line wasn't able to handle. So before this happened, we had identified a weakness um, or I guess an area for improvement in our process. We have a valve that we use to discharge powder from. Um, We need a very stable support. And the one we had at the time, it just, you know, it was fine for um, during qualification, but we really, for full production, we needed something that was a little bit more stable just to keep that valve in place and not cause any issues. Um, so that was something we had already identified, but then um, with this first customer, their vessel that they used, it was so large that we had, there's no way to not have a product lift. So we knew we were going to have to have some kind of method to actually raise this vessel up in the air because this, this valve sits about eight feet in the air. It's not something that you can just roll something onto and have it discharged. You have to have it lift a very heavy vessel lifted up into um, close to the ceiling of this room. So one of the biggest limitations was actually the size of the room. We didn't have much floor space. Um, It was heavily utilized. If there was a space that we could put a piece of equipment, we did um, obviously within safe um, ranges for the operators, but um, you know, we're, everything was very highly utilized um, in terms of space. So um, when we were looking at different vendors to make this product lift, CPS came up. Um, this was actually a company that Raj had, I think, I forget exactly. It might have been Scott who we had met at uh, one of the expos, and he was just very impressed um, with them. It had been a couple of years ago, but he still remembered you. And he reached out, and um, we did look at a couple of different other vendors, but CPS gave us a design that actually had the lift coming down from the ceiling. And that, to us, was so valuable because we already had that limited floor space so um, to have something that could get the job done and get that vessel lifted up but then also conserve space that was it was a very easy decision to choose CPS after that. Good well so tell me about your role in that Caroline. Right now I operate as a system owner for this fill line so um, any new projects that come on, any um, modifications that we need to make this, to this fill line, I'm very involved in. Um, I look out for the production interests. Um, so mainly with this lift project, I was looking at how is this going to work for um, production? Is it going to be easy for, for our operators to use? Um, is this something that we're going to have issues with maintenance? Um, all of which we all worked out um, and we obviously do not have any of those issues with that. You know, we were just talking about that today because we built so many lifts and this one is sophisticated. Oh, yes. My best description because of the close tolerance on the docking. Absolutely. So we, for this valve, we have to dock this very heavy vessel within a couple millimeters um, and it has to be exact and repeatable every single time. So that was a huge challenge when designing this lift for you guys to actually make that happen. Um, from a manufacturing perspective, that's something that um, I was very concerned about at first. Um, that's that was probably my biggest thing. Rather, I knew um, 
you know, we could find a vendor that could lift a vessel up and get it in the air, but to actually have that docking and um, that precision and have it also be very easy and usable for operators that, um, you know, CPS really came through for us in that. Well, thank you. So from your, from your perspective, because I'm having never been on the other side of that, I find it fascinating the process that that a company goes through, A, to decide to determine that they have an issue, and second, how do you go about finding that vendor that will fit that? Um, but then, to me, as a young engineer maybe looking at this, is the opportunity to maybe go, because we, we were thrilled to have you and Raj come and be able to do that functional testing even during the COVID um, and have you on site to see that. Yeah, I was absolutely excited about that. I mean, yeah, just having both Raj and I being able to go, that was very exciting. With this fill line, since I did mention it was so adaptable, um, that also means there's a lot of opportunities to add new um, new pieces of equipment. And um, for me, this is my first FAT. It was very um, a very impressive one too, to not just have any FAT, but for one for um, a product container lift, which is the first for our site at Birmingham. It was unbelievably exciting. For our listeners that may not know what an FAT is, would you describe from a functional, because that's what it is, a functional test, what your expectation was? So whenever we start out a project, um, especially a very large and complicated one like this lift, we come up with um, a list of requirements that we need this lift to actually have. So in pharma, big thing is for in our clean rooms, which are the spaces that we actually um, have our production, we have to have very um, low surface finishes. And also we're very... Um, very particular about the types of materials so that we don't have any rust or no particulates in the clean room area, since that's so critical for production. Um, that's a big part of it. We also, um, we identify the types of um, the power requirements that we need, the spacing, mm -hmm. though, especially with, for the lift, we had a very long list of requirements that we had sent over. Um, but for the FAT, um, the functional testing, we test and we basically go over all those requirements or all those that we can at the time and verify that they're all within specification and all within Basically, we're getting exactly what we asked for. And yes. so all, all, you met all the criteria. Yep, it all looks good. And then after FAT, once the customer, which um, for this was us, um, once we say it's okay, that means it's good to ship and it actually gets installed on our site. And it is there installed now, right? Yes, it is. It looks, I have to admit, it looks a little bit better, especially in that clean room space. <laughs> so yeah, that was impressive having it outside, but it's it's really incredible seeing it inside. Have you we sent you any pictures? I don't believe so, but I but I will share with our listeners that because of the configuration of our building and the space that we had available, we actually did this FAT outside. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I'm sure it looks a lot more impressive in that shiny, clean building. <laughs> well, I guess, and also the really impressive thing too, you see how tight of a space that that lift fits into. Every time I watch, it's like, how is this not hitting the wall? <laughs> it's no, it it makes it's perfect every time. It's nerve wracking in the sense that it looks it's very tight tolerances, but. Um, that lift has no problem making those tolerances. Good, good, good. Well, thank you for explaining all of that. And <clears throat> if we can just maybe divert just a little bit, well, who have been your? But you mentioned um, you mentioned a teacher, but beyond that, who have been your influencers or your mentors, or maybe currently where where you are at Evonik? So at Avonic, we have a really incredible group of women that are very supportive. And I think that was one of the biggest things um, that I took away just within my first couple months when I started my first job. So this is my first job right out of college. I you know, was still figuring out what I wanted to do. I was figuring out how this industry worked, um, how just this entire site, it was all new. And um, as I mentioned, those the two women um, who had initially interviewed me, who just really sold me on Avonic, um, in addition to so many others, there, you know, I was never allowed to doubt myself at Avonic. Um, every single time, if that, if I even tried to, I'd get pulled into a room, and um, you know, one of my supervisors, she would tell, um, always tell me like, "You are absolutely qualified. You can do this. Um, you're going to be fine." And you know, that's been such. Um, that's really helped me grow, especially as a young engineer, having that support system. What a great vote of confidence. I know. I know. Sometimes it's like, do, I, do you really mean that? You know, it's really <laughs> tricky. Um, I love challenges, but you know, it's incredible how much they believe in you. And uh, that's been such a blessing working here. Um, I think that's a huge thing um, that Vonic has. We even have um, entire, it's called a women's interest network where um, we have all the women on site that all get together and um, it's basically just a, a giant support system to build women up and um, really to help you be the best that you can be. So any idea how Ivonic got started down that path? I, I just find that so refreshing. Yeah, so I want to say... It was maybe a year and a half ago that that um, that club had was actually started, but um, you know I think it's just all comes down to the culture at Avonic. So um, you know I really I would never even try to list all the women that I've had come up to me and you know give me advice or um, you know even just say that hey like if you need anything just let me know. Um, you know, it's almost every single person who works there. And even the men too, they're just, it's a very supportive um, environment and great place to grow. Our first um, introduction to Raj was actually several years ago. Um, and we, we, we built, I believe, a small um, containment device around a piece of equipment. Um, but I will tell you, I was impressed with Ivonic just from meeting Raj because he's so personable and so approachable. I I have at every conference since then, if Raj was there, made sure 
I found him because those those are the types of relationships that we like to build on. Absolutely. Yeah, he's been at Evonik for a long time, so um, definitely speaks to the kind of people that Evonik looks for. Well, anything you'd like to share with other young women, young men who are looking and trying to decide what to do with their lives? Anything you'd like to share? So I think the biggest thing that I'm still learning is that it is completely okay to not be absolutely set on what you want to do. I think, you know, when I first started my career, I'd meet people that um, were about the same age and they knew exactly what they wanted to do. Just very straight line, didn't have any um, worries. It's like, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to be. And that is that. And I've just never been that way. I just, I have lots of different interests. I, um, you know, I've, I could be happy as equally as happy in five different jobs. And um, I think just, you know, getting like trying that first job, understanding what you like and just kind of growing from there. Um, and then building on top of that, you know, not being afraid to ask, like say that, hey, I'm really interested in this. I want to um, continue down this path. Um, from my experience that's always been met, no one's ever said that, no, you absolutely can't do that. It's always um, taken very receptively. And, um, you know, most of the time people are going to listen to you if you say that you're interested in something and um, you know what you want to do. Well, Caroline, this has been delightful. And you and I have lots in common because if anybody tried to follow my career path, they'd have gotten lost on the first turn. (laughs) (laughs) And I so appreciate you and Raj being able to come here so we could meet in person. Oh, absolutely. And thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us today. Thank you for having me. I was very excited when you um, sent me that message. Well, we may be able to do this again. Oh, yeah. We can do it a couple of years from now. We'll see where I'm at there. (laughs) Exactly. And which turn I've made. (laughs) (laughs) The Art of Engineering. Engineers talking about their process, principles, and personal stories. Presented by Custom Powder Systems, the containment company. Custom-powder.com.